0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM
1: Good evening folks glad you could join us for the Big Red Bench on this Sunday evening my name's Rory O'Hagan I'm here with Small Solera we're here until 7pm going to discuss all today's action we have reaction from Douglas Hall heartbreak for them as they lost in penalties in the FA Youth Cup final we'll hear from their manager Michael Nason in just a little bit in my killer we'll begin their quest for a four in a row tonight we'll hear from their manager Kieran Cronin going to hear from the Clannock Hilty ladies football team who booked their place in the intermediate final last night we're going to talk Munster v Leinster a good performance from the Reds last night just coming short up short against the Blues at the Aviva Stadium we'll hear from Johan van Graan and Johnny Sexton and Peter O'Mahony in a bit and we have a reaction as well from Cove Ramblers after they capped a good week with a win over Longford Town last night at St. Coman's Park so all that more to come between now and 7 o'clock right here on the Big Red Bench God, you can join us on this Sunday evening 086 8104 106 for your texts or your WhatsApps. We'd love to hear from you on the show this evening. Joined in studio by former Munster and Ireland scrum half former
2: dancing with the stars contestant Tomas O'Leary. How are you, boy? I'm good, Rory. Yeah, uh, not too bad. She's your half the man. Uh, you were before Covid. You're doing a lot of running these you, days. You're are, saying yeah? I was
1: fat before Covid? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, you were rotund. <laughs>
1: rotund! <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, yeah. I uh, started running uh, a little bit. Um, yeah I'm enjoying that now because uh, it, just, it, it, it was just something to do to you well, I don't want to say this out loud in case my wife was listening just to get out of the house
2: yeah and well I'm not quite at that level yet with the running Anyway, Jeez, you still have the <laughs> best calves in Cork though <laughs>
1: thanks a million but yeah they're like abnormally large have you ever seen my legs are like, like ch- chicken legs and they get onto the calves and they're just like pop my arms. arms um, but yeah good to be good to be running you're still a tank that you always have been as well you've been working
2: out on well, I, no I've put on a bit of timber around the, the waistline. Oh, right. muscles, I um, I muscle. but um, just getting back into the gym now since it reopened and and, uh, like I said it's nice to to get out of the house get a bit of headspace um, Mm. but I haven't quite got to the old long distance running yet I don't think I'll ever get there I'm doing a half marathon in October looking for sponsorship (laughs) well
1: yeah Well, I'll be looking for that at some stage right but I I couldn't run like half a kilometre a couple of weeks ago and I'm like yeah I'll do a half marathon yeah no bother so I'm doing the the Dublin half marathon you can do it virtually this year so that's what I'm doing this year It's just something to train towards because I did a 10k um, a couple of weeks back um as part of um a fundraising challenge with the gym I go to. Mm. And um um I said I needed a target after that to keep going. So if I didn't have something to train for, I would have stopped straight after the ten K because that's, that's what I'm like. so I'm like, oh, I've done ten K, yeah, I'll just go back eating chips now. But at least now I'm running.
2: I'm <laughs> still eating chips. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what to say, it's marathon next and an Iron Man. You left one of those Ironman tattoos this time next year. <laughs> I
1: can't really swim all that well, so that might rule the iron ar- can I use Iron ar- ar- Bands for the Iron Man?
2: I say so yeah, or else one of those paddle boards or something.
1: That'll be the way to do it um, If I could learn how to swim And ride a bike I'm not really sure I've been riding a bike All that well
2: you can get out With your daughters Now on the weekend In the, in the, in the park and, and, and get cracking I on could take thing. her Little
1: Disney princess f- Bike Out for the Ironman yeah, I'm probably her Arm too
2: I will see, no I wouldn't, I'd say no, I'll stick no. to the running, <laughs> try and get the half
1: marathon done. so. You'll see my big sweaty head running around Walgast Hill all this week. Alright, uh, before we uh, get into uh, the show and uh, to all, we're going to talk to Douglas Hall first, that's going to come up next. Uh, Tomás, get us up
2: to date and everything that happened. In the Gaelic Games, the Divisional and College's Finals take place this evening. In the hurling section, reigning champions in McKilly face UCC, that's in Parky Ring at 7pm. In the football section, UCC and Duhallow go head-to-head in Glanton at 7pm. Cork Senior Championships continue today with Killa beating Valley Garvin two hundred fourteen to one nine and Glen Rovers beating Shandoon two eighteen to three thirteen. That's a two point win for the Glen. And six thirty in was with Newstone and Corsley Rovers. All those games were played in Castle Road and Katie Taylor remains the undisputed lightweight champion of the world last night the Wicklow woman beat Delphine Parsoon in their hotly anticipated rematch Taylor had previously beaten the Belgian on points last year via majority decision but this time around she got a unanimous decision she told Sky Sports News that she was pleased with her performance against a re- relentless opponent
3: I think it was a lot more convincing tonight even though it was uh, it was a tough rugged fight but as I said it was never, it's never going to be an easy fight against someone like Delphine you, you are going to have to dig deep and show a lot of heart at some stage during the fight but I think I did that well I stuck me boxing for the, for the most part and I got to convince
1: him in the end I thoroughly enjoyed this fight last night I know it was gripping stuff it was engrossing stuff it was nervy stuff it was genuinely sitting on the edge of my seat watching this fight because you never know which way it's going to go I mean like a lot of the rounds were very very close um, and Taylor I think just with her her boxing was slicker um, then Delphine Persoon when Taylor worked she was absolutely fantastic when she worked behind her jam got her head movement going when she was lighting her feet she was brilliant she looked 6 or 7 levels above Persoon but Persoon is a brawler man she kept coming forward and forward and forward and would not stop um, she was wild at times but she did catch Katie a couple of times as well but when Katie, Katie was able to get out of the way and, and make Persoon miss she looked very very good indeed but I scored at eighty six, 84 two the judges did last night as well um, but I just thought it was a brilliant performance, uh, from Katie Taylor. And it kind of, I suppose, quite in the, the doubters after the, the fight in New York last year. A lot of people saying that Taylor lost that. I had Taylor winning very, very narrowly in that fight. And I had Taylor winning by two rounds last night. I scored at 86-84 as well. Um, I just thought it was a brilliant performance from Katie Taylor. Um, interesting
2: to see what she does next. But I just thought she was brilliant last night. Yeah, unbelievable. Like, but she always seems to come on top in any tight, tight fights. And mm-hmm. look. She's she's lost very little over the course of her career, amateur career as well. Mm. But is there anything you can't do? You can score <laughs> boxing fights as well. I, I look <laughs> at a boxing fight and I'm like, oh, having a clue what's going on. Uh, boxing, uh, and uh, so I've always been a massive boxing fan. Yeah. Going back uh, to the Olympics and stuff like that. Scoring but boxing fights—that's a man I
1: literally sat down with a pen and paper last night, and had like you know rounds one to ten all marked off, and I had like you know popcorn and chips. Well, no, I, I was too engrossed in the fight, like you yeah. know, and so I was literally marking it down as I got it on, uh, as the fight went on, and I was delighted to see I got it. I uh, spot on with two of the judges anyway, 86, uh, 84 But um, I there's,
2: was just there's a lot of money to be made in that, isn't the Russians give a bit of money for if you, if they hooked up as a judge, like and uh, Olympics time okay. and all that kind of Ninety six,
1: ninety four. I apologise, but um, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe I was getting it too right, but yeah, maybe I should uh, consider
2: a career as a boxing. Judge. Yeah, maybe. And Dillian White said he was bossing Alexander Povetkin before his shocking knockout loss, and quickly asked for a rematch in December. The British heavyweight boxer seemed to be in control, but was knocked out to the canvas by a huge uppercut in the fifth round. White spoke to his promoter Eddie Hearn, who was appearing on the Matchroom Boxing Instagram page.
4: Can we much
5: rematch Yeah, that's what I'm saying, yeah. Okay, cool. Is alright? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, it's one of them things the way it has landed, isn't it? You know, I was boss, you... bossing it. It is what it is, it, you know, pretty much.
1: Yeah. cool, it's all good. Yeah, and he certainly was bossing it as well, but I just showed you that knockout before we went on
2: air. That was an uppercut from hell. Yeah, geez, it was a serious, serious uh, punch connection, unbelievable. But I'm more interested in what the score was at the stage we just knocked out. What was your score? <laughs>
1: yeah, D- Dillian White winning all five rounds at that point. But yeah, um, it was just such a vicious uppercut. Oh. That's, that's heavyweight boxing, man. It's just all of a sudden, bam, down. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant stuff uh, from Alexander Povetkin But uh, yeah, a rematch would be interesting. And Paddy Power were uh, dropping off some publicity on the back of it too. Yeah, they refused to pay out on the grounds that it was uh, technically a TKO, whereas everyone had it down as a knockout. Uh, even one of their own social media accounts had it as uh, Povetkin knocks out Dillian White. Uh, but they ended up uh, paying out after a
2: bit of uproar on Twitter. But um, yeah, they, they they knew what they were doing, I think. And unfortunately, local level, there was heartbreak for Douglas Hall in the FAA Cup this afternoon. Cork lost on penalties in, to Clarity Celtic in Tralee after finished three all after extra time in normal time. Yeah,
1: I was watching that game. We're gonna hear from their manager Michael Nason in a bit, but um heartbreaking stuff for Hall. Um over two thousand people watching the stream as well today, which is fantastic to see for an FAA Youth Cup game and it was good advertisement as well, uh, for youth football. Commiserations to Douglas Hall,
2: heartbreaking way to lose the game. Finn Harps defeated Waterford with 3 goals to 2 at the RSC this afternoon is scoring twice in the final few minutes to take all 3 points the results means Harps go above Cork City in the table sure. with City and now bottom on goal difference
1: Yeah, I mean like, there was a lot of optimism around Cork City after that win over Longford Town and that win over Sliger Rovers I know you discussed the defeat to Derry City with Cullum yesterday on this show but bottom of the table now and the FAI Cup no league again this week so they're away to Shamrock Rovers in the FAI Cup tomorrow week um, that's a big, big task for Cork City, but it's um getting a bit nervy. You look at the the table and the, game, the games, uh, uh, the games, are left for the. What rim. happens
2: if they if they go down? And basically, lose all their players and have to develop a youth team. it
1: will be interesting to see what happens there. Hopefully, they won't go down. They're four points uh, off safety at the moment, behind uh, Waterford, Shelburne, and St Pat's and Derry City are all on eleven points. City on seven, and Finn Harps as well. City's uh, inferior goal difference to Harps is the reason they're bottom of the table. But it's nervy times if you're a Cork City fan.
2: And Bayern Munich will join Liverpool on six Champions League titles if they can win tonight's final. The Bundesliga club meet Paris Saint-Germain, who are playing in the Big Decider for the first time in their history. Kick-off there is at 8 o'clock in Brisbane. Very low-key kind of build-up, isn't it? It's mad, yeah. Like, I was on a challenge earlier, like, oh yeah, the, the like, Champions oh, yeah, League yeah. final is on, like, yeah. on tonight. Um, it's crazy because, well, obviously Paris Saint-Germain are kind of a new entity in... Uh, as a big dog, but, mm-hmm. you know, Bayern Munich, obviously the history they have in, in, in the Champions League. And, and, and I suppose their destruction of Barcelona will be very interesting to see how paris man mann kind of cope with it.
1: It should be a good game, a good attacking game and some goals tonight. But um, I suppose um, Sunday night as well kind of lessens the appetite for it, maybe, normally on Saturday nights. But we'll see, looking forward to
2: that one 8 o'clock tonight in Lisbon. UEFA President Alexander Sheffron says they could look at playing Champions League knockout games over one leg in the future the format has changed after coronavirus pandemic interrupted this year's campaign speaking ahead of tonight's final and the UEFA Supremo says that they may have found a successful formula
6: I have to say that this system of one match uh, seems more interesting to me and then the other system with two-legged matches. But, uh, again, it's it's much too
7: uh, early to say anything about it.
1: Yeah, it's certainly out for the excitement. I think these kind of one-legged ties and... um in neutral venues, I think it's, it adds to, I suppose, the excitement and drama of it, of, of, of knockout football, I suppose. And sometimes two-legged, like uh, knockout games can be very, very cagey and dull affairs. But I think the, the one-legged ties have been a success. And I think yeah, I'd like to see more of that going forward. Yeah.
2: And probably the away goal rule can be kind of a bit unfair yeah. to, to give it an advantage for an away goal as well. I think sometimes it can kind of distort the, 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 the fairness and equality of, of, of the games. And onto rugby, we're in Pro 14. Connacht are currently leading Ulster by one point, 21 points to 20 there after 68 minutes. Um, earlier on today, it finished um, the Ospreys 20. Who are the Ospreys playing? <laughs> <laughs> You've not been here. Show the oranges levels in. The Ospreys. The card, it was the Cardiff Blues. The so yeah, Cardiff Blues, yeah. They only write them 20 half, points half, on. Half the score. <laughs> they <laughs> were interested in local stuff anyway <laughs> nice recovery <laughs> and uh, Munster meanwhile are counting the cost of last night's defeat to Leinster at the Viva Stadium Johan van Graan's men lost loosehead prop Dave Kilquine and debutant Springbok lock RG Sinman and John Klein to injury
1: yeah, that it was the, the Ospreys and the Dragons today, uh, 20 points apiece. Apologies for that, that's my mistake.
2: Sorry, my Sorry, right, I should have known Indeed. what was going on in, across across in Wales in, in the rugby. It shows my interest levels. <laughs> it was bad enough going over there playing against the Dragons, There's not a mind talking about it. Uh,
1: we'll talk about um, Munster and Leinster in depth uh, in a little bit, but I suppose just very quickly overall. Uh, a good showing for Munster, just maybe ran out of a bit of legs and maybe lacked a uh, bit of uh, cuteness that maybe Leinster had.
2: Yeah, very encouraging signs I think. Yeah. Um, Probably we probably weren't awarded for that bit of superiority. They felt we had at scrum time. Um, The ref was probably a bit um, lenient on Leinster. I think that they were under pressure three or four times at scrum time. Um, But yeah, just Leinster were probably a bit more clinical. Um, But certainly, you know, to score three tries um, with you know Conway getting two and then Earlsy obviously as well. Um, Yeah, yeah. Look, it's encouraging signs. I thought. um, I thought it was a good performance. Look, we'll we'll talk about more in detail Mm. later. But. Certainly, if they come up against Leinster again in a couple of weeks, you'd, you'd fancy our chances. Yeah. Francis Roman Langresk has won the Welsh Open after a final round of 65, left him on 8-under par. Cormac Sharvin's finished as the leading Irish golfer, but he ended up on 5-over par and way off the lead. Paul Dunn and Jonathan Caldwell finished on 8 and 9-over respectively. And Dustin Johnson takes a five-shot lead into the final round of the Northern Thrust event in Boston tonight. The Americans on 22 under par, a record low after 54 holes at the tournament. And Rory McIlroy is currently one under par there.
1: All right, Tomás, nice one for that. We will start with Douglas Hall. As we were mentioning, heartbreak for them in the FAI Youth Cup final. In Shalee today, the courtside losing on penalties to Killarney Celtic. A finished three-all after extra time and normal sign In fact, Douglas Hall scoring an equaliser deep into injury time. In normal time, uh, to force extra time there. No side could break the deadlock in extra time. And uh, unfortunately for the Hall, uh, losing on penalties after a very spirited, very excellent performance from them uh, today. Andrew Horgan there for us. He spoke to a very, very disappointed Hall boss, Michael Nason.
6: So, Michael, um hard luck in the loss, obviously, it's probably the worst way to lose a Cup final
7: yeah I mean look we, we, we thought it was lost in normal time even though we had led twice um, we got back into in dead and hell we had a few chances and then it went to penalties and luck goes against you that's that's what it comes down to um, so yeah it's hard
6: in terms of the 90 minutes like you were 2-1 up but a few minutes ago then we're 3-2 down but show great character to score in the last minute so, but is this something maybe you should have felt you won, should have won in the 90 minutes yeah
7: I mean I, I think we, we know we should have um, we play better soccer um, we got caught with a lot of long balls down the middle and they turned into goals sometimes and uh, you know both teams have different game plans and that's that's sport you know I'm, I'm, I'm devastated the guys inside you know they're 17-18 years of age they're crying um I'd I'd like to have a quiet cry, it hurts. Um but as as we spoke to all of them said, Look guys, you've represented your club and Cork superbly and um you know in a few days time, a few years time, twenty years time, you know, you look back on this and hopefully we can share them on for the for the future.
6: was that the message there so to the players you just kinda of had a team talk there and the rest just, of Just just
7: had a chat and, you know, very few words. Because we're as devastated as them, and it's going to hurt, and it's going to hurt bad. It hurts some more than others. You miss a penalty; it doesn't matter what someone says to you. Um, you think you're responsible because a goal went in. It hurts, and that's life. And you know the message we tried to give to them is they're brilliant, brilliant people. i uh, They've travelled around Ireland to get to this level, and then you lose. Um, but they have a runners-up medal in an All-Ireland competition that's hen's teeth yeah. and you mightn't want it because you think you lost but you know um, it's important and as you said look they're inspiring other kids in the club and other kids in Cork and uh, the message we had for them some of them are hurlers the Gaelic football players soccer players they're going to college we'd like to be able to follow them in the years ahead and proudly say we were part of that that group of guys who you know did an awful lot well I mean they're, they're still top they finished top of the league um, when COVID came they were in a cup final which didn't happen might still happen yeah. you know and they're sports people so hopefully they'll, they'll have got a life lesson and uh, bounce on
6: yeah because it's a strange one because it's obviously the end of the season though but it's also the new season just a couple of weeks I mean, away
7: it, so. it, it, literally I, as I said to them inside um, on Monday we'll be talking to you about who's who wants to play 19s who might be playing seniors who might be playing junior premier um, and because we parked that because because of this it's going to happen that quickly i am not sure but i think we're we're due to play sometime in the next two weeks in the next season yeah and you know but there's people you know what's going on some people are going to go to college and that's where they might end up playing soccer um some people are going into leaving certs so soccer might not be the priority um so look we've we've got a bitter journey back um uh, having travelled back from Letterkenny, back from Dublin, back from Clare, we're now going back from Tralee but this is a sad journey. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm terribly, terribly proud of those guys inside. They just, you know, they respectfully stood outside while Kerry got presented with a cup that they they wanted.
1: Um, so that's it.
6: Yeah, you should be proud of his great performance. Yeah. Had luck.
1: Yeah, that's Andrew Horgan there speaking to a very, very disappointed um, Michael Nason, but speaking very, very well there to Mawson very eloquently about the nature of the defeat and, and I suppose the impact it's gonna have on the players but but how proud they should be
2: about this achievement of getting to a national cup final. Yeah, he sounds like a, a great guy and a yeah. great coach. Um you know looking forward hopefully my kids will be involved in sport and you love love them to come across guys like that and I suppose through my time in, in sport I've come across a lot of different coaches, good and bad and I think he sounds like a very refreshing character mm. and it kinda obviously bitterly to the point that he said that they lost and and look they obviously have big ambitions to win um such a, i suppose such a coveted title but i think if if he's teaching kind of the kids those kind of life lessons and 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 how to to react to defeat and and it's all about character and and being proud of them i think mm. it's uh it's a very valuable lesson for those kids and I think sounds like a, a great great squad to be part of so yeah look um, I think hearing that like that is, is inspiring and yep. it's great for Cork Sport. yeah it's fantastic stuff there from Mike and, Lace. and
1: speaking of coaches when you look back on your career who are the ones that stand out?
2: Um, I suppose um, I suppose I was mainly GAA till, till I went to, to Christians in school and um, so I suppose you would have had uh, probably my first J coach would have been Coleman Dillon in, in Aaron's Own He's still, I think, he's still up there coaching underage, and there's the, there's a blitz in Aaron's own after him every year. Um, so, so yeah. Coley probably would have been one of the most formative ones. Um, and then into rugby, I suppose the the few coaches in, in inside in Christians, um, Tommy Croll, um, Russell Foley, and Peter Miley would have been my three main coaches there. Um, so they, they're kind of the formative coaches yeah, yeah. That, that you learn most from. Obviously, professional sport it's probably a bit more rootless and. Um, but you do get coaches back in, yeah, look, kidney back me as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have to a lot of time for, for Decky. Um, so, but I think it's the formative coaches that, that you kind of. Kind of take most from, but I suppose as well. My my old father, he well, well, he didn't really. <laughs> I suppose you'd, you'd know if you played well if you didn't say too much. Whereas if if you were going home in the car and he was telling you what you should have done, like, um, so it was a purity like he's, he's old school, like you yeah, know, yeah. um, he wouldn't say I suppose too much too often. But when when you were doing things badly, he'd tell you like. But I suppose I was always kind of trying to emulate him and and and, mm. and keep him happy. So. Was there the kind of major influences in my career? Anyway, that stuff. So. All
1: right, I'm going to turn our attentions to hurling uh, in McKilly going in search for four in a row. Of Cork County Senior Hurling Championship titles. They begin their campaign tonight. They face UCC in the divisional final tonight in Park. you in the winner tonight, goes through to the quarterfinals. Their manager is Kieran Cronin. He's been speaking with Aidan.
8: In McKilly, Senior Hurling manager Kieran Cronin joins me on the line to look ahead to their first game of the Cork Senior Premier Hurling County Championship. The divisional side are, of course, going for a fourth successive title. Kieran, thanks for joining us.
0: Hi, hey Aidan. No worries a lot.
8: Uh, it's a very different GA schedule, of course, this year uh, compared to any other uh, due to COVID-19. And it must be a bit more challenging for a divisional side to bring the squad together. How have you managed that uh, over the last month?
0: Yeah, I suppose, look, definitely this year has been a, a different year to what we've been previously used to. But, you know, you can only take each year as Merit's. And it's true to say that no two days will ever be the same. So, look, it has been difficult for us, um, I suppose, looking back to March. It seems like a long time ago now that, that this all kind of took a stop. But um, I suppose since we got back open there, maybe uh, we started the training there again in July. And, uh, you know, we kind of keep Monday night as the killy night. And it's worked good for us recently. So we kind of stuck to those rituals this year again. And uh, got in a matter or two. And, you know, we, we, we've we seen all the lads play their recent uh, championship games for our clubs as well. So, you know, that's a good way of scouting them as well and seeing what kind of form the lads are right?
8: Yeah, I think you've lost uh, some players as well due to close being promoted. How much of an impact has that had?
0: Yeah, I suppose, look, we, we have lost a, a good bit of experience, you know, between the likes of John and Marco Keefe, Dickie Dodds and Polly Silver, you know, so that that's a good chunk of last year's team, man. I'm gone. But you know what, look, there's opportunities. Um, I suppose in NBK, we try to promote promote youthfulness as much as we can, you know, and, and there's new young fellas on the block, the likes of uh Daryl Larry from Orgis Hill um, who's a young lad, only about 18 or 19 at the and the likes of Shane O'Regan, Joe Stack, you know, so now is their time to, to step on and and see and they make a mark in the team. But look, there's other ways of, of getting on a team, you know, we we'll probably have a few injuries back. Um, and the likes of Kieran O'Brien and Barry Lawton as well, who would have missed uh, the entire season last, last year with long-term injuries. So it's good to have them back as well.
8: Uh, UCC had quite a convincing win during the week. Uh, what kind of challenge will they pose for yourselves on Sunday?
0: Yeah, a, a very significant one, um, I suppose, look, they're they're not the reigning Fitzgibbon champions for, for nothing, you know, I suppose, look, we all watch the college every year and, you know, they, they have the, the supremest of furloughs around all of Ireland taken in, you know, and, um, yeah, had a look at them Tuesday and, you know, wasn't one bit surprising, knew, knew they would have the, the fair chunk of their stars, you know, and, and they laid down a good challenge to don't no, well, Dujalo actually played well in fairness to them, and uh, might look back on a lot of bad ways, maybe, in the end, but... UCC were all that type of head, you know, so they'll pose a, a significant challenge and on Sunday as we said, their lads are trained the other night like, you know, it's 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 all or nothing, it's it's win or out, you know, so it's uh, it's straight up that fast.
8: Do you think that uh whatever team gets through will be at a slight disadvantage to the club teams who've had the extra uh three games at the group stages?
0: Uh it's hard to know really, look at suppose The club teams might have, they had two weeks in a row of matches, whereas now they're after two weeks of breaks. And they have another league game um, next weekend, so you know, any momentum they might have had could have started for some teams. They're winning, and any teams that were losing, it was a chance to regain and um, their composure and set about a new plan. So I, I don't see an advantage or disadvantage. Look, I suppose there's no one really should be that far ahead of anyone at this stage of the year because you know clubs were not playing matches all along. You know, so uh, it probably tightens up a bit and makes it a bit more competitive, maybe with other people' chances their chances.
8: Do you think this will be the most testing title defence yet since the, the initial success in 2017?
0: Ah, yeah, look, I suppose it will be challenging, you know, I suppose this team is probably on the go together, um, four, five, six years at, at the moment, you know, and, um, you know, the lads have thoroughly enjoyed their time and, and why it takes time to build all the things and to get fellas to buy into the the Kille brand, we'll really call it, you know, Um they have reached wars the last few years, but, you know, the, the passion and the drive is still there, you know, and while they, they realise that it won't be around forever, they're trying to make the most success as, as much as possible they can at the moment. So, look, it's a player-driven thing, you know, myself and Jimmy and Sean and, and Brendan and Alan, you know, we take a back step, um, and we can only facilitate him so much, but, you know, once they cross the white line, it's they have to put the ball over the bar in the back of the night, you know, and, they, and they've done that over the past year, so, you know, hopefully it'll continue.
8: Well, I'm sure it'll be a cracker of a game. Uh, best of luck, and thanks for coming on.
0: No worries, thank you.
1: Yeah, it's McIlhenny, senior Hurley manager, Kieran Cronin speaking uh, to Aidan. Four in a row, they're going to search up tomorrow, so it's not going to be easy. As we heard Kieran mentioning, uh, a lot of players not available this year. New management team in place as well, facing uh, a very strong UCC team tonight as well. So should be an interesting one.
2: Definitely should be an interesting one. I think Tom Kenny, I think he's still involved in UCC as well. So they have a good, good, good backing team as well. Um, but. I suppose the college face similar challenges especially mm. now with the, the COVID and people yeah. you know not being in college yeah, yeah. exactly so um you'd ex- probably expect the McAlee to come through alright um you know is crazy really um yeah probably all the of, all of Cork by the McKilly <laughs> team itself are, are hoping that a club team probably wins it um,
1: yeah well I live in Watergrass Hill now so that's technically East Cork so I'm, I'm a McKilly fan I guess oh uh, yeah no really?
2: exactly well my old actually I was coaching them back in the late 90s when was they it? won two, two in a row I think yeah. Um but they didn't quite quite hit the three in a row. But like, yeah, so I would have had a soft spot for him back then, but not anymore. They're just too good at the moment. So <laughs> hopefully one of the club team uh, gets it back this year. All
1: right, we're going to talk uh, ladies football before Tomás' bitterness takes over this show. <laughs> and uh, Clown and Kilty booking their place in the intermediate final last night. They did too much for West Cork. Well, it was Ross Carberry uh, winning on a score in 210-2-3. They now face Glenn Meyer in the final. Joe McCarthy was there. He spoke to Clan captain Claire O'Leary.
9: Right, kind of guilty captain, clearly. How how hard a game was that against Ross Carberry, first of all, and how delighted are you to reach an intermediate county final?
4: Yeah, it was such a hard game. Um, like, they are a superb team, and we are like rivals. Um, and like, they beat us by a point last year. So they're like, and they've lost um, so four county finals in a row. So we knew they were going to come at us hard. Um, but this year we've got some young players in with um Cork under 14 experience. Yeah. So they've kind of gelled with the older experienced girls. And like we're really confident now, you know, we're not relying on anyone. It's like we're all spread around the team really like confident. Yeah, there's a good balance. And um yeah, it was a really tough game. Um but delighted to be into the country final now. Um so we have two weeks to prepare for that and yeah, we're gonna give it our all. Yeah. We played Galamara already in the first round, but that was our first game. I feel like we're gonna You've improved since Yeah, we've improved definitely since then.
9: Just on the younger players that have come in, the Katie O'Driscolls, the Millies, and um, that have come into the team, as you said, there's still an old guard and a core of you that are there. But tonight I thought everyone stood up, especially the defence and midfield. There wasn't one outstanding player in the team. It was a real team effort.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um, like the the young ones have been superb. They are they're so enthusiastic, they're so eager, like and like they they're just not afraid even to sit go for the are they the
9: pushing road. are they pushing the rest of
4: you on? yeah they are yeah you know that Siobhan Callan um cornerback oh my god you wouldn't want to uh, be marking her you've got a uh, hand um into your side um but yeah they are really driving us on like they're buzzing and they're really enthusiastic and yeah they're pushing on the older ones then you know um but yeah it's great to have them you know
9: Okay, and just finally look you've reached the final you've had to work exceptionally hard bouncing back from the Glanmire defeat Glen Glenn Desmondsby and now this but Glenmire in the final and it's a final it's very important that you play the match and not the occasion yeah. but how much is everyone going to be looking forward to this
4: oh we are so excited um, I don't think we've been in a country final um, in about 9 or 10 years and yeah we're just buzzing now for this you know um, like we were really disappointed to, last, to lose last year by a point um, so like we we are just buzzing now to get into the counter final and give it our all. Like we will be buzzing for this match. Um, yeah, we just need to prepare now for the next two weeks, and you know, yeah, we're going to give it our all.
1: It's Clan Captain Clare O'Leary there. I'll delighted after that win over Ross Carberry yesterday, two ten to two three to put their place uh, in the intermediate final. Now, jurors also been speaking to our Ross boss David Creedon.
9: Uh, David, disappointment obviously for us Carby ladies, but a fantastic effort from your team. Not just tonight, but throughout the whole year. Um, this is not the end of the road for this team. There's still a lot to come. But disappointing to lose the semi-final, nonetheless. Uh, yeah, very disappointed. No, George, to be honest, but I suppose on the day we, you know, we'd plenty possession there, even the last half an hour in our attacks but in versus clan their defence was excellent and we just couldn't get through it and um, you know another day if we got the goal maybe earlier there in the second half it would have turned things around but we didn't get it and that's the way it goes hit the post and from there on then we might have been forcing a goal too often and whereas we should have you know, taken a few points but look credit to the clan they, they were the better team tonight no doubt um, you're right you were chasing the game there towards the end you were looking for that goal and you might have tacked on a few points but I just thought that tonight's effort compared to all your matches this year your consistency you've been one of The most consistent teams in the county, and I know it won't mean much now, but there is still a lot of hope and a lot of a good future there. Um, Yeah, you know, you 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 learn from these games, but um, it's very disappointing. I suppose we had so much attacks in that half, and I suppose like you know, you have to learn from these games, but eventually you have to kind of get it over the line uh, eventually. But look, as I say, we knew Clan were good, a good outfit, and look, credit them; they were a better team there today.
1: Yeah, it's Carbery manager David Creedon uh, speaking after last night's defeat to Clonakilty. We'll hear from the Clon boss now, JJ DC.
9: JJ, hearty congratulations. Clonacilty are in an intermediate county final, but what a battle you had with Roscarby. Oh,
3: what a game, what a game. You know, it was, the work right out there from both sides, in fairness, was a fantastic game of football. Um, oh, look, we're, we're we're absolutely thrilled to be in a county final, you know, Um you know, to start of the year, you, you 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 know you you think you know you might improve a little bit, get a little bit further, and and you know when it happens, then it's it's almost like a shock. But uh, you know, it's um it's fantastic. I, you know, I'm stuck for words. They were absolutely brilliant out there tonight. They worked so hard. They defended so well. Um, so you know we're we're we're, we're very we're very proud of them this evening. Now, and we'll uh, we look forward to the final
9: yeah we'll talk about that in a second but your half back line I know we're not going to pick out individuals but your half back line in particular tonight and your full back I thought when the chips were down and when you were under an awful lot of pressure from a really really strong a uh, uh, quality Ross forward line you had the answers
3: yes we had we had we had the pace we had the pace to match them um, they were doing a lot of damage to us in the first half running through from midfield Like their midfield is, is as, good as good as anything in the county at any level and, and you know they were the causing us problems and uh, look they stepped up to the plate there in the second half and they attacked you on the front foot from our half back line forward and you know when you're out first to the ball you know you have you always have a chance you know
9: a so. um, far more open game than I thought it would be would you have thought the same
3: yeah look um, both sides went for it you know um, we weren't caught up on, on, on what the other team were doing we were we both came to play our own game we both came to we, look we came here last year to, to, i think was seven points to six or something true. like that, something very and we knew that wasn 't going to to work, so we had to go for it you know we 've made a few changes from last year, thankfully they 've worked for us, and um, you know we 're we're, we're more of a scoring threat this year, and, and we're we 're pleased with that but you know, we're, 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 tri- we're thrilled. Okay, there. and
9: just finally, okay, you've played Glanmire, you've lost to Glenmore, but yeah. you've each had a good look at each other. I yeah. think this game, from your point of view, will have brought you on hugely as their win over Don will, but it's going to be a cracking final.
3: It is, it is. You know, they, they are the benchmark. They were um, eight or nine points ahead of us in the first round, and it's a big gap to close. But you look, look, we'll enjoy tonight, and we'll work hard over the next couple of weeks and see what we can do to close that. Look, we're on under no illusion. They, they have some fabulous forwards. They play a lovely, fast-moving... Passing game and, and uh, it's it's difficult to play against, but you know we have our strengths too. Mm. Um, we have a good blend of experience and youth, and um, we're not afraid of anybody. And, and look, we look forward to it because to be in a county final is is great, you know, great.
1: That's Klamas uh, JJ DC there speaking to the big row benches, Ger McCarthy after their win uh, over Ross Kirby. off his Glamour in the final in two weeks, and that should be an absolute cracker. All right, we're going to take a break. Still to come, we're going to talk about Co-Rambler's uh, impressive win last night, and we're going to talk Camlins uh, Leinster
0: and In- Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: and our podcast will be online shortly after the show this evening wherever you get your podcasts from you can listen on redfm.ie as well Alright we're going to talk uh, Cove Ramblers with a good win last night over uh, Longford Town at St. Comans Park uh, Connor Drynan and Stephen O'Leary with the goals in a 2 nil win capping off uh, a good week for the Ramblers following the 4-0 win over Wexford that I went down to watch on Tuesday night so Ramblers now two points off uh, the playoff spots after that good run of form and seem to have Uh, gelled very very well indeed going to hear now from uh, Stuart Ashton speaking to Lucas Keating on the Assembled Media after our last night's win
5: yeah obviously you know um, two wins on the bounce you know it's been a a great week I think um, after the game on Tuesday which we thoroughly deserved um, it was about continuing it tonight Um, first half I thought we did we played well um, and we got we got our goal in the first half and um, we knew second half that they had to come out at us um, they made the changes fall thought that they made it scrappy and credit to our lads we, we were in a battle more than, more than a footballing game and I thought we stood up to that having said that I thought we could have played better when we had the ball but it was the game that we did and the lads, the lads reacted
10: to that and again, we got a second goal in the second half, and we got our rewards for it. Yeah, exactly, Jamie. Because it able was probably you know around 19 minute performance, and the fact that they they posed questions, you got, but you deserved for the end. It was very satisfying.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I think I think when we look back at the videos, I think they've only had one shot on goal. They had they put the big lads up front in the second half to try and try and ruffle us up, so to speak. Um, to Two the halves again tonight, Sean. Uh, sorry. Um, Chaz and uh, Ben with Sean behind them. We've done fantastic, and again, a team game. You know, we've we've defended well when we had to. As I said, the learning point for us tonight is that can we get out a bit more and at times play a bit better. But as I said, that was the game tonight in the second half, especially where they wanted to, for want of a better word, bombard us. And I thought we coped well, and we, as I said. It wasn't so much a breakaway goal, but we got a second goal which capped off the game.
10: Yeah, And, you know, it was, it was a very satisfying week and two points after the play-off, so well, this the, the, the was especially tonight, you think it, it was a big a statement of your intentions? Yeah, exactly, and and that's
5: what that's what we've, we've got to do. As you say, we said beforehand there was no point what we did on Tuesday if we were coming out here to lose tonight. And, obviously, um, Longford had a bad result in midweek as well so they were coming obviously trying to make a statement as well but uh, I think we we matched them thoroughly and I thought overall of, over the 90 minutes we thoroughly
10: deserve the result yeah and obviously you know Titsi's up it, I suppose to be a good mood and good buzz you now with the Kempen obviously next we you know um, the Dundalk game so I suppose you would be really looking forward to that and... <laughs>
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, as you said, we we look forward to it. You know, we've got to be realistic with that. You know, they're the champions and the country finalists in the FBI Cup last year. So we know what we're up against. But having said that, it's about the lads pitting their wits against the the better players in the league. And they're up for the challenge. And um, hopefully if we're at our best on the night... And hopefully they have
10: a few little hiccups. Who knows what can happen. Yeah, and so that's why I he was what we were saying to Sean Barron, you know, he must be very really impressed with his display since he's gone into, uh, in goals this week.
5: Yeah, lucky he, he's come in, um, for the last month or so. Um, he's been champing at the bit. Uh, I made a decision the other night to, to give him his, uh, debut and, um, he took it. And again tonight he showed, he showed why he's at the club.
1: Yeah, two clean sheets and two games for Sean Barnes. As Stuart Ashton was saying, there I saw him on Tuesday night against Wexford. I thought it was excellent. Made some excellent saves, commanded his box very, very well, uh, and keeping Paul Hunt out of the team as well, which is no mean feat. So good to see Sean Barnes uh, taking his chance after signing from Avondale United. And this is uh, the Corvamblers keeper speaking last night. So yeah,
6: definitely. We kind of needed it to back up last week's one, you know, like those three points were great last week against Wexford, but we really need to build on it tonight. And the boys are definitely at it, so we really did that. So it's very satisfying. You know. Yeah, and you can see from the, from the world goal like you were you are at it, you know, yeah, and so fast you fast started fast, and fast fast. Fast. you got the goal. Yeah, we were like what we said was a ninety minute performance of intensity because the previous weeks we had dominated for maybe 40-45 minutes and didn't make a count, and then you know we didn't get the results and that's why. So all we were asking was for a ninety minute performance of intensity, and then the results tend to look after themselves. If everyone is at it and they have been the last two weeks.
10: Yeah, and you can see even the way like, the second half they like, they posed questions, reading, and then obviously the second goal came. They, yeah, exactly. They they, they had
6: a chance in the second half, you know. If that goes in, it could be a different game, but then we regrouped after that pretty well, you know. And they were putting in balls from wide areas, but it didn't cause us too much problems after it because we were so well organised. I felt yeah. we kept them at bay from a distance, which was nice personally in goal as well. Yeah, and you
10: know, in terms of like how, how for the for the man, how big is it to be a team like long for people who oh, massive, like we know Longford are going to be up there, there, thereabouts at the
6: end of the year. And like to beat them, I thought we were relatively comfortable, like it shows how good we are as well. Like, you know, we keep looking at other teams, but sometimes we need to look at ourselves and the quality that's uh, in that dressing room not just other ones sometimes you know yeah. and you know even play since the restart to the show as well like you're more capable
10: to be challenging for those playoffs
6: exactly games, you know and I think we all believe that you know we just need to bring it on to the pitch more like and like I said uh, the intensity we brought to the last few games definitely proved that and momentum is massive in this league particularly this year with such a short season so if you get three or four wins you have to be up there there thereabouts at least for the playoffs you know so hopefully we can keep it going Yeah. and
10: overall I suppose yourself coming in to League One football, like, like from Monster Senior League, how have you found it How much have
6: you enjoyed it? Uh, well, I've enjoyed it the last two weeks, anyway. You know, so it ha- it has been good. Like in some ways, it can be easier because you're playing on better pitches, better be- with better players, better uh, conditions and stuff like. But uh, like the- their quality is different. But I've been really enjoying
10: it, like you know, personally. But uh, it's been a good two weeks now. Hopefully, I can keep them going. You never know. Yeah, and obviously, just you know, uh, next week, you know, um, the, uh, if a cup done dark, coming down, so it will be, be a good week. For you as well was the one to be looking forward to. Uh, yeah, it will we have to, you have to look forward to it really obviously it's a tough draw but we've nothing to
6: lose and I think that's the way everyone's approaching it like if you kind of looked at that daunting you you know what's coming to it but again if we kind of take the same attitude we've had the last two weeks you never know what will happen it wasn't so long ago there was a 1-0 win down here against Dundalk either like, so yeah. we've had to cling on to as well like it's probably the best time to play Dundalk. Like they lost last, last night, last Europe midweek. Managerial changes. Ah, uh, yes and no. I don't know about that. Maybe like Dundalk, have a lot of good players. Like so, they could be on the bounce back now as well. You never know. But like we just have to turn up and worry about ourselves every week, no matter who we're playing. Like, we're kind of have happy attitude. No, it doesn't matter who's in the other dressing room. If we're at it, we think we can win. Like no matter who we're playing. So I think you have to take that into the Dundalk game as well. Obviously they're a very good side. They're in the Champions League this week, so we know how good they are going to be. But if we put in hundred effort you never
1: know what's going to happen I know obviously of course memories of 2018 when uh, Ramblers defeated Dundalk by a goal to nil in the EA Sports Cup semi-final so hopefully that'll be the case when they meet in the FAI Cup next Sunday evening at 5pm Dundalk in a bit of turmoil losing 3-1 to Sligo Rovers yesterday but that was um, Sean Barron the uh, Cove goalkeeper um, speaking uh, after last night's win over Longford town that sees them uh, climb the table and just move to within two points of Longford in that last playoff spot so things certainly looking good Uh, for Cove Ramblers indeed Robbie Keane linked with the job. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, we were chatting about it yesterday it's weird, sort of, isn't it? Uh, like um, I suppose he's looking for managerial experience, you know, it doesn't really matter where you you yeah. coach. You still have to manage players and and try and implement a style of play. Obviously difficult in, in in the Irish League, but um I know he wants to get to the back to the UK probably to to top level, but Sounds like a good opportunity for him if he's keen. Yeah, I think, I think it's
1: too big a job for him to start off with. So, and be a lot of pressure on him to come in and uh, and change that team around. But you never know; strange things have happened uh, in the league. <laughs> well, like, too big, too big a job. Where else is he going to go? Like. Uh, see, that's the thing. He he might have the attitude that like, oh, it's just the League of Ireland, but he'll come in and see, he'll realise the pressure and the standard of the League of Ireland, uh, when he comes in, and especially with that Dundalk job, especially with the, the American owners who need, um, Champions League football they, to, to, to be successful. Um. You saw if any part paid for that with his job because after their, after they lost in the Champions League the other night, so there would be it would it's a massive job. And it's a lot a lot of pressure. Yeah, i, I, I and coming into your that, first professional no, no, you, no
2: matter what team. you go to, there's pressure. Um, yeah, what's the alternative? going to the championship or go to you know lower lower leagues lower in the league, UK. Yeah,
1: build your way up. Yeah, I just I'm not sure. I just think uh, it would be a massive massive job for him. I'm Not sure.
2: Look, it's and, a big punch from club's point of view too. Obviously, yeah. he's obviously experience as an assistant coach, which is, is totally different. Um, As you said, the, the buck stops with the, mm. the head coach. But um, look, I think it might be the kind of push that the that mm. players need too. So look, I think if if they can get them on board, I think they probably will.
1: I will see what happens there, but I will certainly watch the space when it comes to that Dog job. All right, uh, I'm going to talk rugby connect Connacht uh, defeating Ulster 26-20 uh, in the uh, Pro 14 uh, today. That game... Uh, taking place uh, behind closed doors at the Aviva Stadium. Last night's game taking place behind closed doors at the Aviva Stadium as Leinster proved just a little bit too strong for Munster um, last night. 27-25 was how it finished. Uh, a very, very good game of rugby though, Thomas, wasn't it?
2: It was a cracker, um, especially after the, the kind of break. Everyone was going a bit... Um, kind of unsure as what kind of was going to unfold, but yeah, great, great game of rugby and skill levels were very good. Intensity was very good. It kind of didn't let up either. Um, obviously, Munster will be disappointed with the few injuries, in particular to Kilcoin and, 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 and Simon, like the, the new second row from, from South Africa. He looked, mm-hmm. look, he just stole a line out, looked, looked very good. And physically, he's so imposing that he's going to really add to this, this monster pack. So yeah. hopefully he's not out for, for foreseeable as it looks like pretty serious coming.
1: yeah I think Johan van Graan said afterwards that it, yeah, he said it looks pretty serious and massively disappointing because he came in with such a big reputation a lot of hype and everyone was looking forward to seeing him in amongst the shirt and then for it to end just so quickly massively disappointing for everyone
2: yeah crazy stuff but look that's, that's rugby and the, the nature of the game so Look, hopefully he'll be back fit next for next season, and and kind of once he can kick on in in Champions Cup. Hopefully, once that gets back, back, back to somewhere near normality. But mm-hmm. um, look, encouraging signs even without him. That you know, come to knockout stages, if we do come up against Leinster, that we'll certainly be able to compete and and cause him trouble. Um, and kind of Leinster along with Saracens, kind of being the standard pairs for European rugby over the last maybe six seven years. Mm-hmm. But kind of games that Munster have played against Leinster have always kind of been kind of one two score games. Yeah. So um, yeah, look, I thought the pack was was very good, and like I said earlier, probably should have been rewarded a bit more at at scrum time and kind of losing two two key men early doors <coughs> and having lost um, James Cronin as well before kick off. Um, I felt it reflected kind of well on the, the strength and depth in that Munster pack, um, and then obviously the excitement in, in the back line. Um you know Chris Farrell had a great game as well yeah. and then the, t- the two lads on the wings were, were obviously very very threatening when they got ball in hand so yeah, very encouraging as well. yeah. all he got that
1: down was beyond me like he yeah. just had a, a tiny little window to get the ball down yeah it was
2: unbelievable bit. finish. finish um, you know I suppose he, he kind of ran, ran over Luke um, Luke um uh, McGrath as well, the, the Leinster scrum half and 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 to the left hand finish in the corner was was unbelievable dexterity. Um, so look, it was extremely kind of encouraging from a Munster point of view. Um, obviously, Leinster probably had that bit of kind of street smart, you know, even mm. the, the try just before half time, little chip from Henshaw, um, for Ringrose to finish. Um, and then you know, Sexton setting up low, Lowe's try in the second half as well. Mm. Um, but I do, I do, I do think, um, Leinster probably. Will, will kind of, Larmor was kind of targeting and was very poor under the high ball, um, kind of illustrates how good kind of Rob Kearney and how assured he Mm. has been for the last maybe 12, 13 years for Leinster. And I, I suppose time after time, especially over the last few years, Leinster and Irish fans constantly called for someone else to be given given their goal in, in the full back position but like when you see your full back coughing up maybe three, four kicks in the first half knocking the ball on to Murray's box kicks you know they were great box yeah. kicks but he should have taken two or three of them easily so I think he'll do well maybe if, if they do come up against Munster to, to be selected by, by Leo Cullen and Lancaster you know they, they might end up going for, for Rob Kearney or someone more short at the back and maybe moving him to the wing I suppose with, with Dave Kearney's injuries there's a, a wing position there as well so Munster might not be able to piggyback off that if, if Leinster can improve that part of their game so look, there's improvement for, for both sides too so hopefully we'll we'll see them go head-to-head again in a few weeks
1: At the end of the game, Munster had ball in hand um, but they decided to kick it out mm. Were you surprised by that? Peter? We'll hear from Peter Manning, his explanation on that in a bit but were you surprised at that point? Yeah, like I... I, I think suppose, everyone was,
2: everyone was yeah, like, well. Especially, I suppose it's a young man as well, Casey you know, he was uh, uh, really adding tempo to the game as well, and and kind of, you'd think that Munster would just be trying to push on and and uh, and get 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 the win. Um, so yeah, look, I suppose um, interesting to hear what Peter manny had to say about it. But um, yeah, like I suppose if there's a game there to be won potentially, I know it's 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 high it's well well it's it's more unlikely that you're going to you go that length and score. But yeah, I, I thought that they. They would have um, would, would would have tried to to score the try anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. And in fact, we'll hear from Peter O'Mahony now, and uh, he was asked about it uh, in the uh, post match press conference last night. Um, why, basically, uh, the ball was uh, kicked out to so this is Peter Matney. i could just take you back to the the very end of the game. Uh, Craig Casey kicks the ball out, and nobody looks happy himself. Maybe least the ball. was there confusion in the message or. Timing, or, or was that the call? The call Craig was given.
11: No, no confusion. Yeah, yeah, that was the
1: call. You know, we're at the end
11: of the day. There's, there's a competition in this, so um, bonus point is important. Um, obviously, we just turned over the ball, and we did 80 minutes to score with with a team that was kind of, you know, there was a lot of guys who got 80 minutes. There was a lot of guys out of position. So that, that was that was our call. That was the correct call for us.
4: Mm. All,
1: all in all, are you happy with the performance to battle back from 11 points down at one stage to be within a kick of a result
11: yeah those aspects are are definitely very pleasing and positive Um, we stayed in the fight you know what I mean it's a tough place to come and play and um, we uh, you know we conceded to try at half time you know that's a difficult time to go in at Um, came back from that you know 11 points down came back to you know within a kickable penalty uh, to win the game so there's a huge amount of puzzles to take over, but you know, we're disappointed. Um we understand this is a tough place to come and play. You know, every time we come up here it's it's a serious battle, but um look, we were we were certainly in the mix there. Pete Mixbuddy here, how are you? Just just wondering, um Johan touched on the fact that you guys didn't have a contact game, obviously because of the COVID case last week. Um I mean despite that it was a full blooded uh, effort, but from you, he must be pretty proud of that. Yeah, I certainly am. Um, I think we, looked, we had an eight-minute block last week where we um. I was it, sorry, it wasn't last week. It was Tuesday. I think this week that we we just had eight minutes of contact and um. You know, we we went flat out, but you know it wasn't ideal with uh, with last week being quite interruptible Look, uh, as I said, I'm, I'm proud of the lads for that because it was it's a difficult thing to to do. You know what I mean? Six months off to go into a game at that level. You need to be mentally prepared and uh we certainly were that. But um look it's it's certainly far from an excuse as well, you know what I mean? It's um guys came in and, and were out of position and you know, as you saw Rory obviously he was in the second row position there, took a, a restart over his head, you know what I mean? Um guys have show, showed up really well in positions that they weren't uh, obviously used to, so you know that's very pleasing.
2: And um, obviously, a few more injuries there
11: with, with R G and and uh, John and and uh, Dave. It's not good for that. It's tough on them. Yeah. Look, it's um. Hopefully, they're hopefully it's it's nothing. Um. Hopefully, they're they're not serious. Uh, obviously, I haven't a clue what the the crack is. It wasn't ideal. Obviously, the way they went out, but that's that's unfortunately the, the game that we're in. To lose them, to lose the two boys after seven minutes, that's tough as well. You know obviously with, with the bench as well you're, you're losing guys off the bench so quick yeah look it's not ideal but I, again it's it's something that you have to get on with and deal with and you know to be fair I was just chatting to Jeremy there he, he wasn't involved in the squad at all on Thursday in Ramin, and he plays 75 minutes of an interpro like that to be fair to him I thought that was outstanding
10: be confident <laughs> no,
11: pick, picking up what you need next next uh, weekend to get into the semis yeah, look, it's going to be another huge test, you know, another big into pro. Um, you know, we've we, we've we have that extra day. It's 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 a Sunday, I think, next week, so we need to recover. Is there, is, is paramount for us now, you know what I mean? That's there's going to be some sore bodies over the next three or four days, so we need to get ourselves. You know, ultimately, you need to get as fresh as you can for for Sunday, because obviously, it's a you know, it's a cup cup game for us
1: that's Peter Mahoney there speaking after last night so two defeat Leinster um, after hearing his explanation as to why they kicked the ball out um, on full time um, do you understand why they did it now?
2: Yeah fair enough you're kind of watching games you forget um, I suppose what it's like to be down on the pitch and <laughs> be blowing through your, your arsehole and uh, I suppose like I said uh, Craig Casey was probably the freshest of, of the lads on the pitch there young and keen. but the message obviously got through to him and yeah he followed orders, which um look bonus point, and and I suppose ensuring you keep that um it all makes sense. And like I said, it's probably a long way to go to score a try, but um yeah, look, there that they, makes sense. When after listening to Peter, to be fair, yeah,
1: Connacht next week now Sunday at three o'clock. In the Viva Stadium. You'd think Munster would have too much uh, for Connacht, and that would then set up a, is it a semi-final then with Leinster?
2: Yeah, and again after that. So um look, like, Connacht with four tries today, and yeah, kind of confident and probably. Very little to lose, so it's a dangerous, dangerous one too. Yeah, it's three
1: o'clock next Saturday, but obviously Johan Van Graan is going to, I suppose, accentuate the positives from that lens performance uh, in in the team meetings this week, and uh, I suppose kind of when they're looking back on the tape, there'll be a lot of positives to take from that eighty minutes last night.
2: Absolutely, and you know, I suppose across the, the park, um, you, you very assured forward pack performance, and like I said, the backs were, were very threatening as well, mm. um, and I suppose the. The remnants of that power game, that monster kind of fame for, began to kind of show true um, as well. So look, if if they can kind of stick to that and, and develop that game plan, um, obviously you know the Alande the as well was quite an off last night, but the more he settles in, the more impact he'll have. You know, World Cup winner in in the centre. So yeah, I think um, Lads will be and after getting back on the pitch and playing rather than training for the next few months again, and and the I suppose the the kind of opportunity to to get a semi final against Leinster, you know, would be motivation enough.
1: And they'd be confident enough, I suppose, after last night's game. Now that if Munster get to the semi final, but they would be confident enough after that performance last night, I think.
2: Hundred percent, and you <laughs> know, if yeah, look, if you know, if to beat connacht and to get a rattle off off Leinster, and then it's been so long since it's Munster have beaten Leinster in a meaningful game, I think. Um, you know, they'll have a lot of, uh, motivation and, and, momentum with them. So, yeah, I think if, if they do have a crack against Leinster, I think, um, it, it could be the time to beat them. Certainly
1: is. All right. That's, uh, our show for you tonight. Thanks very much, uh, for listening to us on the bigger bench this evening. If you missed any of it, uh, the podcast will be online on the, uh, redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast from. My thanks for, to Tomasa Lurie, uh, for co-presenting the shows over the last two days. Uh, we're back next Saturday from six. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening, folks. Alan Donovan's up next. Uh, with green on red. Um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Corks, Red
8: FM.